House Over Bass. I'm Jacob Casas. And I'm Ronnie Adams. Welcome to the Love Connection. Today we have a special guest, Luis Vasquez. He's a DJ, mortgage banker in the real estate industry. Entrepreneur. Welcome. Oh, thank welcome. you guys. Thank welcome you guys. Thank you. Thank you, brother. <laughs> thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, man, uh, it's it's an honor. So, uh, yeah, we're here to chop it up a little bit about the love connection and, you know, what, what it's all about and kind of dabble into hey, what's going on today in the past, a little bit about me, about, yeah, I might interview you guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, let's yeah, see how it's at. So, so how's over Baz, uh, what we do is we, we, want, we like to go over a lot of uh, the people that are in any, any field that they're in as a leader or entrepreneur. And we want to we want to show the people how they got to the point that they're at, but not being, you know, just hidden in the background or a person that's just kind of goes with the flow of sheep, a bass. That's what we call. right? Yeah. We want to see how you how you held in every industry that you've been in, how you held in the DJing industry, how you had as a mortgage banker. So we want to see how, how you actually like, you know, put your, your best foot forward to become that. To become strong as a person in those industries. Right, so, so I want to talk about a little about your DJing career. How did you first? How did you even get in that career? Yes, tell us. Tell us your story. Well, it first started. Uh, first of all, my third generation DJ. So it started as uh, there's my first cousin, who was a DJ back in the '80s. You know, he was mostly like a disco and old school. And uh, then cousin number two came right after him. You know, we passed down a torch to him, and he came in the early '90s. You know, back in the house music days, you know, that's back when Rosary Hill started popping and all the, all the cool clubs in L.A. and all that. And um, and then from there, I think I came in around, I, man, I started, what, in eighth grade, like in 1998. You know, I started in 98, you know, as a kid. You know, again, I, I grew up with just listening to the radio, you know, just listening to these mixes on, on the radio late at night while all the kids are out outside playing with their video games. Well, I was listening to the radio to these mixes. I'm like, wow, recording tapes, you know, and then I'd watch other DJs, like my cousins, I'd watch other DJs at parties as a kid, you know, just being, just being that nosy little kid going, oh, that's pretty cool, you know, whenever you see a kid at the DJ booth, that, that was me, you know, and then, you know, then you had movies like Beat Street that came out that just cultivated and changed the game, like, you know, the history of, like, hip-hop, you know, like, you know, for, with breakdancing and DJing and graffiti and, and, and being a rapper, it was like, man, I, was, I thought that movie was great. So you're all into the whole hip-hop art form. The whole thing. Well, I was, I was, I was mostly a, I was a breakdancer first, you know, sort of breakdancing in elementary school. Again, the cousins were breakers and DJs. I kind of, again, yeah. I was like the, the, off the family tree, the third generation. And uh, so I was a breakdancer. Then I just had to get turntables, man. So... Around eighth grade is when I begged my grandma, and sure enough, she put him on layaway for me. You know, she didn't have she didn't have too much money, but my, my grandma always came through. She was like, like my guardian angel was like, man, I have to I have to have these. We went put a, a two turn tables on layaway, one used one and one brand new one, both like these Gemini's. You know, and Gemini's like, how do I explain it to you guys? It's like, like you don't give a, uh, you know, the the best brand back then was Technique twelve hundreds. You know, that would be like the the Mercedes. You know, but you don't give a kid a Mercedes the first time. You gotta give my right. give my Honda. Right. You know, give my you know something like a Hyundai. Right. So I started with the Hyundai and the turntables. You know. But good old grandma came through though. Yeah, grandma came through a layaway, uh-huh. and I remember that day when the last payment was due, <laughs> uh-huh. and I went and picked up. Uh, man, that changed my whole life. I gave up video games. Uh, probably never went, I didn't see I didn't see a, a, a day of sunlight outside anymore. You just want to practice. I might have had like, you know, grand, grandpa's hand me, hand me down records. I mean, you know, eight records, you know, some disco. I remember having Thriller, you know. Uh, I had a few, I had a few records, you know. And then uh, I started going around and kind of uh, soliciting my DJ services with a buddy of mine at school in eighth grade. He had the lights from Spencer's, all the DJ lights, and I had the, I had the turntables, so we were gonna collaborate, like, hey, let's go DJ parties for money. So I, we, we make these little business cards, threw them out all over the school, and before you know it, we're DJing every little party that these kids had, every pizza party, you know? You know, we charged the parents, you know, 150 bucks. Nice. You know, and that, to us, that was a lot of money, you right. know? Again, we're, we're like in junior high. I didn't see $150 in junior high. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We, we, weren't, we weren't old enough to work. Right. So right. it was a cool thing to have. A, there's a first job. So I get to play music at a kid's parties, 
you know, and then you're the popular kid out by Monday, you know? Yeah, yeah it was cool, you know? So that was that was a, a cool little hustle we we had, you know, and that's how we kind of get the mindset of, like, So you've man. always had the hustler mentality in you regardless. Yeah. It's always been something in you. That, that didn't just come from the DJ. Did you have that even before DJing? Oh, yeah, man. I, I, remember, I remember being in elementary school just knocking on doors, you know? I had my lawnmower. And then I had my bucket with the, my sponges and my towels and everything. So I, I used to solicit for two things. I used to door knock the whole neighborhood, and yet you, you're going to get two things out of me. You're going to get your lawn mowed, or you're going to get your car washed. Yeah, yeah, one. And both of them are the same other. price. Right. You know, so <laughs> it's a win-win. For $10, I'm going to mow your lawn, or $10, I'm going to wash your car. Right. You know? And, yeah. And if I, if I do a double whammy, shh, man, it was a great day at the comic book store. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so, yeah, between me and, uh, I remember, yeah, it was my, my, my best friend at the time. Uh, Daryl. So me and him, we just walk around. We had our little bikes, little GT bikes. Go knock on doors. Oh, got a yeah. You know, because we, we hit them up on our bikes first. Mm-hmm. And then, as soon as we get a yeah, let's go get the equipment and r- roll back back out and mow the lawn, wash so, the cars. And yeah, that's and that's how kind of we started buying our own stuff as a young kid. So, so that's part it. This is the love connection. So DJing was your first love. DJing was my first love, absolutely. Is, I mean, that, is that how you came up with the name? How did you come up with the name of Love Connection? Uh, love Connection, well, uh, well, Love is spelled L-U-V, you know. Uh, my initials, Louis Vasquez, I kind of just, oh. you know, you, you shorten it up. It gives yeah. a little love, you know. And then, <laughs> and then I was always connecting people through networking, through love, through music, through laughs, through entertainment, and, you know, through cultures, you know, through... Whatever it was, I just always brought people together. And it was a, always a love connection through everybody. And, you know, I kind of just, it, it, it really just started as my hashtag. The Louis Vasquez connection. The Louis Vasquez connection. <laughs> I call it the Louis Vasquez experience. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, uh, that's pretty much how it started. And uh, kind of just ran with it, you know, because I, I went by Louis Love. So, hey, you know what? Love connection. Louis Love kind of worked out. Yeah, yeah. That's, that sounds like a, a great name for that, though. And it, it actually means a lot. Yeah, because it, it, it goes so much deeper than just music. You yeah. know, it goes just by, by reuniting people together, you know. It doesn't matter what, you know, what your status is, color skin, what you do, what you're wearing, what you do for a living, you know. it's We all connect, you know, and it's a lovely thing. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, what do you think made you different from other DJs? Like, what... What do you think that you brought to the table for, for the other DJs? Uh, uh, my golf visor? <laughs> my Hawaiian shirts? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. But, uh, no, definitely, yeah, definitely always came, I always came in with a different style. So I remember when I started, you know, it was either back then, there was a lot of hip-hop DJs. They just, hey, we either turntables, they used to scratch, you know, beat juggle, things like that. And I was the kid that brought the disco records, you know. So I had the disco records, that's what I knew. I knew house music, so I brought house records. So not too many kids dabbled into that. And then, you know, later on as I got deep into the DJing, I started finding more people in the at the in the party scene, like the yeah. fire party scene. All right, you do you do a little bit of house. Um, and then I started collecting more records and I started getting more like new wave and rock and spanol records. So that made me apart from everybody right there. So I was trying to play the the have the sound that was a little different than everybody else because I don't want to be a cookie cutter. So you like mm-hmm. led a whole different way of doing DJing from doing that. Yeah, since I was a kid, I was different just so from the from right? the top. Yeah, just because again, uh, if you're a hip hop or if you're a house label, well, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play new wave. I'm gonna play rock and spanol. I'm gonna play you know. Right. I'm gonna play some crazy records that you know or your parents know. You know, that you guys are about, but but you don't have, you know, because, again, it was vinyl, and those were hard records to get back in the day. It wasn't like today where it was MP3s, Apple Music, or, you know, Spotify. There's no YouTube. It was if you wanted a song, I either need a new, I need to go to a yard sale, a thrift store. I need to go to a record store. You know, and there were, there was a lot of record stores back then, but again, you had to travel for those records, and you had to dig for your records. You know, so I could be, you know, Amoeba Music. I could spend eight hours there. I, I could go to DMC Records in San Bernardino. I was personally working at Empire Records in Fontana. You know, I'll, that was actually my first, my first actual job, work like working for someone was Empire Records, a record store. You know, and that was the same record store where my grandma put the turntables on the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it was a pretty cool. Uh, shout out to DJ Sergio X, Empire Records. Um, yeah, man, so I started a lot, lot from over there. Um, and, yeah, over there, just I learned so much, being mentored, you know, and how 
from the promotion side of things happen at clubs, the DJ side from the different music to meeting the different DJs, the business side from, from actually, okay, well, there's not just clubs. You can actually DJ weddings, you DJ quinceaneras, corporate events, you know, private house parties, and that's where the money's at. So it's not all those club DJs that you see, that's not where the money's at. The money is in the private. We're actually setting up in your own invested equipment to go set up, and you're spending your time with your invested equipment, and you're, now, you're, now you're getting, you know, Things that could get you a few, a few grand a night. So if if, uh, if we got listeners listening that are inspiring DJs and would like to be DJs, yeah, um, all they all they know is basically the love of it right now. What would you tell them of how they would need to start from basically from scratch? No pun intended. Mm-hmm. From scratch to see how they would get going on this. What would you say of how how would they start something like this? Well, I definitely say, I, I definitely say, learn your craft organically. Don't let technology do the work for you because the, the good DJs are the ones that could just do it by ear. You know, the ones that are not using the sync button, the ones that are actually using, you know, the ones that are actually using their headphones, doing it by ear manually. Those are the ones that I think come a long way. Uh, but again, technology has changed a lot over the years. So I'm not hating on it. So, hey, you know what? That, if that technology is provided for you, then be the best at it. And you know. Out. Yeah, stand out though, but make it happen. But make make it make it dope, mm-hmm. you know. Because there's a lot of kids out there that I, I could tell you, hey, they're not using their headphones, but those guys know how to use those those, those cue points. They know how to use a sampler. Mm-hmm. They know how to use you know the loops. You know, right. they know they don't they can use those acapellas and you know with just technology. You know, they they might not be doing it by ear, but they know that again they're they're more tech technology savvy then compared to somebody's like, all right we're gonna manually put this here with the headphones and do it by you know it's it's just different days but i don't hate on it so the, the whole grind is just be good at what you do if you're passionate about it go for it have fun with it though at the end of the day that's it yeah you know and if and, it, and if you have fun with it and you keep and you love it success will follow well, what about the business side <clears throat> of things for for dj what would you tell them how, how would they work the business side of things? Uh, business side of things, well, it just depends on what kind of business you're going to get in. Like, if you're just planning just to DJ clubs, well, good luck with that because that's going to take a, a while, you know I mean? That just, the, you said the money's not in the clubs either. The money's not really in the clubs, not, and I'm, saying, I'm not saying that there's no high-paying clubs. Like, if you, when you make it, when you're, when you're getting booked to travel and you're getting on planes, you, you're probably going to get a nice hefty check for it. But, again, there's only the top 2% of that. The rest, you know, if you're just DJing a local club, you know, don't expect too much out of that. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Open to, again, expanding to corporate events. Expand to doing a wedding. Learn how to rock a crowd. Against you. I mean, that's where the challenge is. You know, it's not just anybody go to a club, they'll dance to anything. The, the real challenge is that if you're doing a, a wedding, you're doing a corporate event, you know, you're doing something more exclusive where you have to tailor your sound to what the event is, that's where the skills is at. But then that's where your paycheck reflects too. So they gotta learn to rock a crowd. I mean, uh, that's yeah. number one. Yeah. But when but when you're investing your own time to book a contract, to coordinate, to actually set up the, the, the night, you know, and you're you know, and you're you're setting up the playlist and everything to rock that night, you know, that's where the the money is at the end of the day. You know, because again, you could get paid a couple hundred dollars at a club at a private and you make a couple grand. Yeah, you know, easy. But it depends on your hustle, like you said, and how consistent you are in getting out there. Yeah, out. yeah. To make a business out of it, you you really have to put in the grind. Again, networking is key. You know, you you have to let people know you're a DJ. You know, you have to let people. You, you if you plan to be a DJ, have your social media. Put your sound, SoundCloud is pretty much the big the big platform right now. MixCloud. Um, you know, so, you know, back then we had demos on CD, we had demos on tapes. So if some, we want to be heard by a club, a club promoter, we drop off that CD. Uh, or unless we got co-signed by one of the homies that has already rocked with me already, then like, hey, that man. Is that effective now or how does that work now in this, in this era? I think now it's a, it might be a little different, but again, people, I still see people sending their sound clouds as demos. Mm-hmm. Um but you know you got to have a social media presence as well. Basically yeah, because you can't just be like a bedroom DJ with no social media <laughs> right. and just go hey I'm gonna go DJ a club. It's like man you don't even look like a DJ. Right. I don't even know you're a DJ. Right. You know, um, so yeah, there's there's some marketing. You know, go get your professional photo shoot done. Go go get a logo done. Mm-hmm. Create a great name. Brand it. Go get a sticker done. Come out with mixes with content. Um, go network with the other guys that kind of already they're already in the scene. Mm-hmm. Those guys are gonna co-sign you, but you got to show up. You know, um, it's not just you know, again, you're 
It's not like you just get equipment, you, you start in your bedroom, and all of a sudden you're going to be booked next week. It does happen, but, you know, don't expect a big gig out of it. Yeah. But, and just be consistent with that. So how did you get from DJing, the whole party life scene, to uh-huh. banking? Well, I always, I was never the type of man to ever put my eggs in one basket. So in high school, yeah, so in high school I had a, I had a mentality already. I already, so I was already, again, so while the kids were working at Burger King, at Subway, at the shoe store, Ontario Mills, I was, I was like, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do a wedding on a Saturday night. You know, I'm going to do clubs, you know, and I'm going to go work at the record store. So I kind of had like little multiple streams of just cash income coming in. Money motivated. Money motivated. So that right there, I was like, I can't go to a regular job, mm-hmm. you know. At the same time, you know, I, I saw how some some of my mentors and wise men that are like already in the scene, they're like, don't just count on this. It's fun right now while you're young, but don't count on it. So I got I got the mentorship of just don't. Just don't count on DJing. It's like, it's cool right now. It might be good money for you now, for your age. But you know, trust me, later on, you know, you're not going to want to carry a speaker. You're not going to want to freaking be out till 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. You don't want to come back with a hangover. You don't want to be in that party scene. You might not even want to hear loud music, especially when you have a family, right. you know. So that kind of that kind of went into my head as a young age. So I already, I already, I already had the mindset, like, okay, I want to be something in a white-collar business, you know, banking. Um, I was always into um, improv and comedy and acting and theater in high school oh, okay. all four years. So I was like, man, maybe I can get in the entertainment business. But then again, you know, I have to be careful with putting my eggs in one basket and that. I mean, people actually make it. Right. You know, it's like, man, I can't be the next Denzel. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know? um, and then, uh, you know, I, I thought about, uh, I was taking a lot of like ROP classes. So I, I took like all of them. All of my high school. Every ROP there was, I signed up for every single one of them. So the, like the ROP law enforcement, yeah. criminal justice, I became a police explorer, the Upland Police Department, you know. So I got, I dabbled into that. Then I took the banking course, which caught my eye. And then, you know, there's just different, there's just different avenues. I had a, an attorney mindset, too. I just didn't know what, I was young, hungry, and I wasn't, no, I wasn't sure what direction to go. And then uh, right after high school, I just dabbled into getting a, uh, a teller job. And as a teller, a bank teller, what do I do? I cast checks. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was my entry-level job right after high school that I applied because I was like, I'm not going to go work. I, I remember quitting the record store, telling the owner, I just want to see how it's like to get a regular job. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I put all my ROP certificates. I, I typed up my, my resume. I went in a suit. I applied. And I even followed. I did a follow-up. Got the job. So my first real job was Union Bank of California. Nice. <clears throat> yeah. And then from there, um, my job was a teller, which was a great job. was a great job at that age. I was like maybe like, what, 19? 19 years old. You know, again, still doing the police explorer, still DJing, still, I was still going to Chafee College. I was just doing all kinds of things, and that was one of the main things. And I got to meet so many business owners. I got to I got to see who's cashing what checks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So at that time, that was um, I want to say it was in the two thousands, right before the market crashed. Everybody was balling, you know. Back in the subprime days, everybody was balling. Everybody had the nice car. Everybody had the nice houses. Everybody's coming with fat checks. Interest rate lows. Um, I don't think interest rates were low. They were just high, but you, you didn't need a down payment. Oh, that's that, good. That was a thing. So everybody was making money off their equity. Right. Everybody was making money off of real estate. Mm-hmm. Everybody was making money of loans. Everybody, whatever business, everybody was just booming. So I just, I remember I got inspired by this lady that came in. She didn't even speak, she she hardly speak, speaking in English, you know. And she bring me an $80,000 check one day. Another one, sixty thousand. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like some fat checks. So I'm just like that's juicy money. Yeah, some juicy money. You know, I'm like, man, you keep it up with the the attorneys here, the yeah, yeah. the big dogs over here. You know, <laughs> business owners. This is just a lady that doesn't even speak English. I'm like, what do you do? She's like, mijo, yo hago yo hago el préstamo y el real estate. Yo te enseño blah 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 blah. You know, I'm like, get you in, I'll teach you. I was like, okay, cool. So I took her up on that offer. Yeah. Again, yeah. I'm I'm young, I'm motivated. I'm like. Shh. I was like, you know what? I, I, want, I want what that guy drives over there. You know, I saw, I saw, who, I saw who was driving what. And again, when you're young, you're into the cars first. You know, 
So I was all right. I want to get me one of them, one of the convertible Mercedes or BMWs, whatever. And then, uh, so yeah, I took up on her offer. Right after work that day, went to her office. I sat down like a, like a little student. And she, you know, this, this lady is literally just telling me what all the terms are. And I'm writing them down in my notebook. I still have that notebook today, too. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> she was teaching me what, what FHA is, you know, which is a Federal Housing Administration government loan for houses. She's teaching me about conventional. You know, that's more like the 20% down, Freddie Mac, Fat, Fannie Mae regulated loans. You know, uh, she was teaching me about first-time home buyers. She was talking about just terminology that that I was like, it was all brand new to me, but she was teaching me the main things of this is what you need to learn. It's not what, what you're going to learn in school when you go get your license. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even licensed. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm like, all right, cool. So I'm learning all this, went back to work the next day. On my lunch breaks, I go to the business side, uh, the, bu- the business banking side, and just sit down like, hey, Jake, you're a successful business banker. Just, can you just teach me the application and what it means, what it, what it does, what a client needs to do? And these, these guys look at me like, okay, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, this is what it is, this is what it is. I'm like, all right, cool. Thank you, brother. So by then, I was already getting, like, pumped up. Again, um, I was hungry. I didn't know how to transition from being a teller to, I want to go do that now. So I did what anybody would do. Get yourself fired so you get some unemployment. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah so, um, somehow, I, yeah, welcome to America. I managed to get myself fired because I already knew I was going to get an unemployment check. And that was going to hold me off until my first deal. Uh-huh. And, yeah, man, that was rough. So, and, of course, my first deal is always going to be your number one supporter, your family. Somebody in your family needs a refinance. <laughs> right, right, right. Somebody in your family needs money. We're going to find out. I'm making, I'm making those cold calls to the family. Hey, yeah, we find yeah, out. <laughs> yeah. And finally, my uncle took a chance on me. He's like, yeah, go ahead and uh, do the refinance, you know. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, uh, took a chance on me. I learned, I learned kind of the, the basics from there. And then, you know, then I got my first check. And after you get your first check, you're like, huh, I can't go back to my day job no, now. But no. So then I kind of just started, uh, again, being more hungry. Um, I was young, and at that point I was like, well, let me solicit more people, investors. Let me go, let me go find out what the hottest thing is to sell. New home sales was it's big. Yeah, let grind. me go to KB Homes and see what mm-hmm. they're selling, mm-hmm. and I'm going to go promote that to mm-hmm. some people. I was just going to throw these little classes, you know, at, at the office. And before then, I, I, was, I was having these investor little seminars in my office. I'm only 21 years old, 20, yeah, 20, 21 years old, having wow. little investor seminars, you know, with these grown-ass people that are way older than me, looking at this kid going, what the fuck? <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. And before you know it, I, you know, I had applications from all of them. And, you know, I made their, their return on investment, you know, like, hey, man, you buy a house for me? You know, I, would, I, would, I knew how to manipulate the system where I knew how to get my commissions and give them some of that commission back where they want to work with me, you know. It was just a strategy I had back then, and uh, it worked out. Right. And from all those deals that we did, that's what, that was my, like, my nest egg and my cushion that made me survive this when, once the market crashed. Because I remember somebody telling me, well, this money ain't going to last forever. I'm like, well, what do you mean? A week later, market crashed. Wall Street, it was done. Everybody's closing up shop. Every bank was closing. Everybody's nice car that I saw outside, repossessed. Every foreclosure, everything. And before you know it, I was like, man, uh, what am I going to do? But yeah, so like, what, what, was, uh, what did you do after that? Like, how, did you, how did you support yourself? How did you keep going? In? Luckily, I, I, made, I managed to save six figures. So with that, I, I managed to save it. You know, I had bought a house, uh, my first house at 21. You know, I bought the my car cash. So I have no payments. Ain't too many people doing that. So yeah, uh, so I so I yeah so I purchased yeah that. yeah so I, I purchased my house at 21 again. Back then it was different. You know, you didn't have to show income. You didn't have to do it. It was just a handshake. You know, so I managed to sell the house. So I got to collect just in time enough where, um, you know, I made my money and I have to lose it. Credit was good. I didn't have no debt and I just saved it. You know. And before, before things got bad, so I lived off of savings and still grinded, still learned the game. Because in my business, don't ever think that you're, you're set. Don't ever get comfortable. You always stay learning, no matter what. Do Do you think that like applies to a lot of a lot of businesses, a lot of entrepreneurs? I think it, I think it applies with every, any business. Every business, you know, whether whether you're just flipping burgers at McDonald's, you know what? That that's gonna change. You know, maybe a new technology comes out. 
Maybe there's a new form. Maybe there's a new tool. You know, maybe there's a new way of managing. You know, things always evolve. So you got to evolve with the times. You have to evolve with times. You know, and you can't always think that everything's going to be the same. You know, like like in, in real estate and in and, and the finance side anyways, there's no, no deal that's the same. You know, even if you tell me, even if you make a million dollars, you know, I don't know what, I don't know what, what, what past you've had. I don't know if you have any tax liens. I don't know if you owe anybody money. I don't know if you have child support. Child support. Yeah, child support. I don't know if you even claim your, your million dollars on taxes on your, on your paper. You know, because you could be a millionaire. doesn't mean that you, you're on it on paper. Right. You know? So everybody has their own different story, you know? Mm-hmm. And, again, if it's not the person, it's the house. Oh, the house needs repairs. You know, the house didn't come in at value. You know, there's just different things to always look at. And you have to tackle every obstacle th- through your experiences, you know? You know, and, they get, and now it got to the point where it's like, you know what? I've, I've, I don't like to call it failures. I like to call it more like lessons learned. You know, yeah, yeah, so always, really yeah, yeah. So never look at, never look at a, a failure as a failure. It's just, oh, yeah, I fucked up. It's a lesson learned. Mm-hmm. You know, 100%. it's a lesson learned, and then from there, you you learn to tackle all those lesson learns over time, where you're gonna, you, you're gonna know, find a solution from experience. You know, but again, nothing ever the same. Things keep evolving. You always keep learning. And that's what we were talking about. You always need to find a solution for a problem. Yeah. You don't just sit there and freak out. Yeah. And there could be a lot of solutions to the problem. Yeah. You know, it's just that you got to find what's best works for you. Yeah. You got you to gotta find, you gotta fine-tune yourself and your mindset, you know, because, you know, me and you could have the same exact problem, but, you know, maybe I'm, I'm just chilling about it, and maybe you're freaking out. It's a mindset. Now who's gonna now who's gonna be more calm and collective and actually get to the to the to the solution better? Probably I am, you know, because I'm gonna be calm and collective. I'm like, okay, that's fine, you know, and I'm gonna tackle that that, that problem head on. Yeah. And that could that problem could be anything, anything in life. And I, and I, again, it could apply to business. It could apply to a relationship, financially, spiritually, whatever it is. And not putting those things off. Yeah. You know, don't put it off. Don't put it off. Yeah, don't don't run from anything. Right. Just tackle it. Tackle it. You have to be with, you have to be real with yourself though. Mm-hmm. Like you can't bullshit yourself. You can't be looking in the mirror and go, oh, you know. That's why a lot of people yeah. fail because they put things off. They put things off, and people are full of excuses. Definitely excuses. People will always find an excuse to say, "I'll I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'll do it next week." Mm-hmm. Oh. Ah, oh, fucking, you know, whatever, you know, yeah, that's what it sounds like. Tackle that uh, shit. Uh, uh, bass. Just, yeah. Bass it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It just sounds, shit, it just man. sounds like <laughs> fucking excuses. Now, right. what the fuck are you going to do about it? Right. You know, Definitely. we all, we all go up and down. Right. We all hit rock bottom. Right. We all fail. Right. Again, let's In learn. In some area. Yeah. yeah. You know, we all, we, you know, we all go broke. We all have our highs. We all, everything, mm-hmm. you know, we all lost somebody. We all, everything, whatever it is we've all gone through it mm-hmm. well, you know? struggles and, and and disappointments and failures they actually build you to be even better to even do that that job better that, i mean that's i mean that is, yeah i see how you work on things like that like do you see yeah. like that makes you better yeah like i said it's, it's more like i've i've already had so many lessons learned that now it's like i feel comfortable with it yeah. you know and if i and if i have another one i'm excited about it he's like oh because I want to add to the list because I learned something. Mm-hmm. Because I always be learning. Mm-hmm. Always be learning. And, and never, again, never be comfortable with anything because life evolves, people evolve, you know, just from the from your clientele, right? You know, in any business you are, you're going to notice your, your clientele might be different. You know, the truck might be different. You know, the, you know, just, you always just have to learn from everything, tackle it, don't run from it, don't make excuses, and just get the fucking job done. Right. I'm sorry. I, I don't. I don't think you told us how long you've been in that in the real estate industry. So the mortgage industry. So I started. I started in the banking. I say again, 19 years old when I got my teller job. When I started getting my feet wet as a teller, mm-hmm. and then I got into more. I rolled into being a mortgage banker around being around 21 years old, mm-hmm. and then from there, that's when I've been nonstop with it. Wow. Yeah. So now I'm going like 18 years now. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so I got into it young, stayed with it, stayed dedicated, went through the ups and downs, went through times where I thought I was going to quit. I was going to throw in the towel, this ain't for me, but again, that's, I just chose to just go with it. If you were to, like, tell people how, I mean, how, how would they get involved in the banking industry? Like, like just kind of 
from scratch? Like, like how would they start off doing that? Uh, getting, into, getting into home finance, well, you, you have just almost as same concept as real estate. You have to go get license. You have to go get your pre-education courses, you know. Um, but, you know, don't do it for the money. Do it because you want to. So you is it tough? Huh? I mean, how tough is it? I mean, is it? Uh, the business is not for everybody, okay. you know. But again, entrepreneurship is not for everybody, you know. We we need, you know, everybody has a role in life, you know. And it's either you have it or you don't. Everybody has the same opportunities. We we all could do the same thing, you know. You know, you, you could never think that you're any better than anybody else. But at the same time, you have to want it, you know. I can't I can't train you. You can't train me to do what you do, and I can't train you to do what I do, you know. You have heart. Yeah, yeah, you have to have the heart for it. You mm-hmm. have to want it, mm-hmm. you know. Because again, I can lead you to water, but I can't make you drink. Definitely. You know, so it's one of those. It's one of those things where uh, you have to have passion, whatever you want to do, um, and and do it because your mindset is just again programmed. Well, well how did you go? Okay, so if it, you have, you said you have the passion, right? Yeah. You said there was even times that you wanted to get out of it. Of course. So so, so you're obviously not working with that passion at certain times, but as a man. How do you push yourself forward to continue to do what you do? Uh, because it's like it's just like anything else, you know. I could I could be a, a an attorney. Am I gonna quit because I lost a case? You know, uh, if I if I was a if I was a doctor, am I gonna quit because I, you know, I had some malpractice? You know, if if I'm you know if I'm flipping burgers or whatever, you know, at McDonald's, you know, am I gonna quit because I just didn't make that Big Mac right? You know, it goes with anything. So you just have to, you can't get discouraged. Everybody fucks up. Everybody. Everybody fails. Everybody learns. But that's the way you learn, mm-hmm. you know. And that's how you can become a better version of yourself is by learning. It's just like riding a bike. How many times did you fall off your bike when you learn how to ride that GT Dino? You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, man, how many, you know, before I got it down, how many times did I almost break my neck when I was learning how to break dance? Right. You know? It's true. How many times have comedians tanked before they became famous mm-hmm. on, a, on, a, on a comedy stage? Yeah. But as yeah. you do this, you continue, you're going to start building love for what you do. You always got to build love for what you do. You just got to find that, you got to find the it factor of where you're going to tolerate if you fail. You know? Because again, you know, I can't just go do any job. And if I fail, I get discouraged. I'm like, all right, but it has to be something I want to keep doing, you know, it, you know, and that and and have your reason why, you know, and just like having a family, you know, Not you have your why. Money, but you have to. Yeah, you money. have to have the passion, hard for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then then the success follows from there. You know? So, so what would be the next step for the love connection for you like, as a whole, like even in banking and DJ? What what are you trying to do to move forward, or to or to maybe? Dude, go in different avenues. What's your next step? Yeah, what's your next step? My next step, well, you definitely want to become a great leader in your community, you know, so you want to keep inspiring. You want to keep helping families. Um, I want to be a, you know, I want to become an influence, and at the same time, just just keep doing doing what I'm doing because I do everything humbly, you know. I don't think I'm better. I, I try to fly off the radar, you know. I don't try to floss what I have or don't have. I don't try to be... Mr. Big Shot, I'm trying to be have a big old social media presence, trying to brag, you know. I, I, I try to stay off the radar, but at the same time, people who know me know me that, hey, this guy is legit. He's going to help me. And then and the music thing, you know, I'm going to open up avenues with, uh, uh, you know, with the house music. My, we have a little DJ collector called Dirty Love, you know, so we're going to play, you know, we play a lot of great disco house, some nice dirty beats, and, you know, we're going to do a lot of good house events. I'm going to try to tap into satellite radio. We have some mixed shows coming, oh, wow. some more tour dates, um, some music festivals coming that I've lined up. Um, so I'm excited for both avenues, you know. So the launch of my taking the mortgage business to another level, where it's like, hey, I'm going to expand it and, you know, have a, a great team behind me. You know, I have my, my, my team, the Luis Vasquez team, out there in Rancho Cucamonga with the American Financial Network. And, you know, and then, again, on the music side of things, you know, it's it's a it's a hobby, you know. Again, you know, there's nothing I put all of my eggs in one basket. It's just it's a hobby that, that I'm going to keep on taking with me with the, for the rest of my life, you know, with Dirty Love. I so. like the way you said that I, I'm, I uh, you know, you don't want to show off, but you just want to handle your business. I just handle my business, man. You know, as a man, yeah, yeah. yeah because you, you see a lot of people. You see a lot of people that talk a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They post a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, they but they don't they don't know how to pull up. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. so it's like, hey, you know, I, I don't want to tell you what my game plan is. Let me just pull up and, and you, I'm gonna show you. And I'm gonna show you. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I want to show you and. That, 
I'd rather do it like that humbly. Right. You know, whereas well, like. It's kind of old school if you think about it, like the way we do things when we're older. You know what I yeah. mean? So, so we're used to doing things face to face. Yeah. And a lot of people, they want to like post and do all this and stuff. And that's funny that you say that because I was just talking about that at my team meeting today where my niche services as a mortgage banker is not being the, the tech guy that I'm going to Zoom you and send you a link to take an application. Mm-hmm. No, I'm going to actually get in my car. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to your house. Mm-hmm. And it, I'm going to sit down with you, even if it's 8 o'clock at night on my time, because, you're, because you have to work. And I'll, I'll make sure and respect your family time. And I'm going to sit down, and I'm going to do, do the, go over the proper steps, the paperwork, the buyer education, you know, go over it, go over all the, all the disclosures, everything that you need to know on my time, and uh, face-to-face on a personal level where you're going to want to uh, value my, my time, my services, and uh, my trust is earned. Mm-hmm. And, again, I, I'm, I'm earning your business, you know, compared to somebody who's like, oh, I just emailed you a link or go ahead and fill that out, and uh, I'll get back to you in about 24 or 72 hours. No, right. no, it's, it's a personal, personal business. Personal one-on-one. It's a personal one-on-one where you're not going to want to go nowhere else. Right. So why would you go nowhere else when I just took the time to? And I had, I don't have anything to hide. That's what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, I have nothing to hide. Mm-hmm. You know me. You know me as a person. I'm not just a number now. Right. I'm not just a. I'm not. I'm not just Rocket Mortgage. An app. <laughs> you know. I'm not. I'm not a call center. Definitely. You know. I'm actually meeting with you in service, bringing value through education, through, through again, through me just holding you by the hand and just doing the little things that a lot of people don't like to take the time to. You know. I'll I'll make time for you in a weekend. You know, seven days a week. People are afraid to work. People are literally afraid to work nowadays. It's crazy, right. especially the younger generation. I agree. It's, it's easy to, to honestly walk all over them, especially at our age, because we're used to doing that face-to-face stuff. Yeah. We're used to grinding. Yeah. And it's like a lot of the younger people, they're just not used to grinding. No, they're, they're not used to... Knocking on doors. Real, knocking on doors, <laughs> wasting their gas, wasting their own time. Again, our business, again, um, it takes a lot of sacrifice. And getting in, getting in any business... And especially my business, it's not going to happen overnight. Doesn't happen. Sometimes it doesn't happen in the first year. So that's where a lot of people want to quit. The grind. Yeah, it's the grind. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you, 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 a lot of people have that mentality. Well, I'm unemployed to the next deal. No, don't think that way. Think the next deal's coming. Right now. Yeah. Tomorrow. You have to. You have to do that, your affirmations. You have to so think your mind. Always think the next deal is coming. Always think that's the a, next. That's deal. a good one. That's a good that's one. A, always. That's yeah. That, good yeah. One. That. Yeah. So n- that never be all my employed to the next deal. No, it's the next deal's coming. Mm-hmm. You know, you just don't know when in the month, but it comes. And God always just provides it, man. You know, you you ask for fish, you'll get fish. You know. So, that's what's up. Yeah. So I mean, you said God too. So where does that like? Where does God go in your life for you and your career and business? Oh, uh, every, everything, and that was in my whole life. Uh, being spiritual is uh, now. I, now let me disclaimer. I am no Bible thumper. I'm not a guy that goes to church. I have. I love to have a good time. I, trust me, I, I am no no angel. But the respect but of God. By my respect. Mm-hmm. Uh, my spiritual spirituality with my personal relationship with God comes key and key just in my life in general. And yeah, because every time I, I get a, a a lead, thank you for the lead. Mm-hmm. Every time I close Gratitude. a deal, yeah, when I when I go in, when I go and deposit my check, you kiss a check, you say your prayer, you say thank you. Gratitude. Every morning, when you wake up into a nice bed to a nice house, thank you for putting a roof over my head. Thank you for food on the table. Thank you for the clothes on my back. Thank you for the opportunity for me to help families. And I actually pray every morning for for me to give me the power, the the strength, and the the knowledge to be able to help people and bring those people to me, so I can help them. Mm-hmm. And putting that out there every morning—that's what's exactly what's happening. People get put in my path for my help, for my direction, and it's cool to be utilized that way because, you know. And it, see, I, f- I feel like that's a good way of looking at how you're doing your business because you're going out there to service and help people mm-hmm. and, and, and like other people are going out there. A lot of people that do sales are trying to sell their business or sell what they're what they're selling, what they're doing. They try to look at they're just trying to make a sale. Yeah. But you're going out there saying this is what I'm I can help you with. This yeah. is my service to help you. Yeah. So I try to be I try to do it because I care. You know, again, the success, the the money, the, your perks, your everything is it, it just comes to the territory eventually. But you don't look at it that way, you know, because I, I look at like I just helped the family out. You know, I just educated this one person where everybody was turning him down because he didn't have the credit or the money because on, on paper he's a bum. 
I was like, okay, well, let me let me help you. Let me tell you. I'm going to take an hour of my time to sit down and educate you. I'm going to tell you what you need to do. You might have to get maybe two or three cold bowlers. That's mm -hmm. fine. Mm -hmm. Bring them. And I'll be right here. And I'll be right back. here waiting for you. Mm -hmm. But I made you your list. Mm -hmm. And guess what? You're going to think of me when you do that. Mm -hmm. And you're going to go home with that knowledge, that key knowledge that you didn't have before because somebody else didn't want to take the time to do it for you mm -hmm. because you told them that you had bad credit because mm -hmm. you told me you had no money because maybe you told me you had no job. Right. You know? And that's fine. But some people just need that. That, that that little education, you know, again, they all, we all need to learn how to ride a bike. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so, someone who cares. And someone who cares. Yeah, you, we need training wheels, mm -hmm. you know? So, so we all need someone who cares and make it happen. And so doing those little things with that person, maybe maybe they, that person might not even do it. But guess what? That person will become your number one advocate, and they'll refer you to other people. Right, They're like, right, well, my right, rich right, uncle right, does. Right, right. I can't buy, but my rich uncle can. Right. You know, my cousin, my sister can. You know, Stand everybody. Important. Yeah. Just so, active. so just doing those little things, dropping those seeds, goes a long way. Mm -hmm. Referrals. You know, a lot of business business is done a lot through referrals. You know, so you know, because again, there's a lot of people that have my job, a lot of people that have your job. But again, what what's going to make you different is that you service that person. You know, differently than everybody else did, you know, and just taking the time, being passionate, putting your heart into putting it, putting your heart into it, it comes. Oh, it's great. It's great. And it's the same thing. Like I always pray every morning, you know, let me make a difference in this world one thing at a time. So whether I'm making you dance or I'm making you laugh or I'm, or I'm helping with the home loan or I'm just giving you some advice as a friend, just having a beer with you. I want to make a difference whatever way I can. One step at a time. That's it. You know, and it becomes a beautiful thing. That's everything. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that sounds like like a, a great way to look at things when you're um, when you're out there selling. You know, because you're really not just selling your service. No, you're, you're you're educating people about what you do and how you do things. And I'm educating them, and I'm helping families out. Yes. Where they're like, again, you'd be surprised how many people have not been helped. You know, and just taking that small little effort. So what do you do when you get when when you get frustrated in any of your business or any of the fields that you're working with? Like what what is your frustration? Goal? Frustration. Frustration. When you do it? Frustration. Oh, it's easy. Work harder. Work harder. Work harder. Yeah, that's it. So when you're frustrated or like, man, I'm having a bad day. Well, I'm gonna work hard and tackle this tomorrow. Good. You know, I'm gonna figure this out. Mm -hmm. You know, pray about it. Mm -hmm. um, work harder is good. Work harder. Just work harder. Um, you can't. You, you can't give up on yourself. You can't give up on the people that depend on you. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a team. You know, if I if I just give up, then I'm giving up on them. Mm -hmm. If I give up on, uh, and they I'm can't a, see that. Yeah, they can't. You can't see. You can't. You can't show that you're weak. Mm -hmm. You know, don't get it. Don't get me wrong. We all have a weak spot, but you can't show it. You can't. You always have to kind of always uh, put a smile on your face. You know, and you always just have to just kind of just tackle everything with with a positive attitude. Attitude is everything. It's a mindset. You know, it's a mindset, you know. And, again, we all wake up sometimes the wrong side of the bed. We might not have the best day. You know, I got in a fight with with a girl the next day. But, you know, whatever. Whatever it with may life. be. Life Just happens. life. Whatever life happens. Yeah. You can't bring that to work. Yeah. You have to change it, you know. And uh, a, a, a woman can actually dictate a lot of what you do in your life and how you, and, uh, from work to yeah. I mean, health to anything. Oh yeah. So how, how do you how do you deal with that in your career and your business? I, I mean, I don't know if you have. Are, are you, That's you, easy. You, I never got married. <laughs> 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 I learned from my mentors. Never got married. Never had kids. Uh, so you gotta be prepared for something like that. Well, yeah, because again, in high school, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get married after high school. I wasn't that kid. Right. It was like I was instant fail. In your twenties, <laughs> in my twenties, I was DJing. You know. I was DJing in the uh, nightclubs, traveling as a DJ. I was doing radio. I was doing internet radio. I was uh, doing mobile gigs. So that would have been a fail if I was married. You know, it just comes to the territory. Having a, living my best life. You know, and then you're learning about yourself. You're learning about credit. You're learning about finances, about supporting yourself, about money. You know, and how you're just learning so much on top of living your best life. Right. That would have worked in your 20s. So, and then my 30s is the new 20s. And then you're making more money. Right. So... And then that's when you're starting to get the ball moving a little bit more. And, uh, yeah, and then you get wiser and, and older. So, yeah, don't get, don't get married until you're older. <laughs> yeah. is, that, is that because of finances? Because a lot of things, maturity. Maturity. Um, being, being wise um, uh, financially, mm -hmm. 
You know, I mean, what are you gonna do at 18? Why are you gonna have kids at 18? Right. At 20? At 21? For what? You're still building. You're still building. Yeah. You don't even. You're, you're still kid yourself. Right. I still see. I still see kids uh, now, 25, 30 years old, still living at home. It's right. crazy. You know, but yeah. and they have kids and shit. You know, <laughs> like come on. A whole family. A whole family. I'm like, nah, dude. So that doesn't really work out. So take your time. Learn yourself. Support yourself. Definitely. Build b- build your own kingdom. So when you have your queen, you can take care of that kingdom. Take care. Yep. Take care of that kingdom. Build it, build an empire together. Mm-hmm. Take care of that queen. Yep. Take care of that queen. But let that queen take care of you too. Yeah. 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 In other ways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, be, just be like-minded. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and being an entrepreneur and, and and being able to be in that in that mindset of. Of your building businesses and building things. I mean, so how would you look at it at, for you as an individual? How would you go about getting that woman or, or, or coming to that woman to know that this is the one that I want to be with? How, how would you come up with that? As you, because I mean, you have to be a little bit more protective of yourself. Being you, 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 because even you, in your industry, there's, there's you going can't to think at. with your dick. Okay, okay, you have to freaking you have to be smart about it. You have to think of somebody who's gonna. If I was to run for president tomorrow, who's gonna make me look good? You know, who's gonna be my wing one? Do you see that? You ever see the president? You ever notice that they don't just choose. No. Uh, they could get a president could get any model. Obama swag. Right. right. He could go get any model. He had all these crushes. Bill Clinton swag. Right. Could have got any chick he wanted. He got a little Lewinsky in him, but right. you know. But uh, <laughs> at the at the end of the day, you know, look at their women. Their women are just are no models, but they have it up here. Right. You're they're smart. smart. They present themselves well. They're educated. Right. You know, they're not, they're not you know all fucked up. They're not on drugs. They're not you know. They're not out in the nightlife. They're just these are women that that they say, hey, hey, honey, when you when you're down, I got you. Right. You know, because I'm making my own money. I'm making my own moves. You know, I make you look better. If anything, I'm pushing you. You know, behind every successful man, there's a great woman. You know, so, I don't know what the quote is, but yeah. So, <laughs> so for you, like, what would you want to see in your woman? Okay. For you to be able to say, okay, you know what, this is the woman that I I want to be with. Dude. So I to build my empire with. Uh, those people got to be very careful yes. of the women that they bring in their lives to help build. Their, yeah, their, I mean, you do. That, that, like we were talking you about. You do earlier. because uh, one girl will ruin your energy. Uh, completely. Yeah, completely. I mean, I mean, your whole your whole business can go down just because yeah, of your yeah. mindset. Yeah, you'll go into a depression. Uh, you know, nothing you, gets done. Nothing gets done. You know, you you lose time. You it's just you lose energy. You're not yourself. Yeah, women will fuck you up. And what, what the power you? of the pussy. <laughs> yeah. So what, what, what is that woman that you would look into? For? Man, it would have to be a balance of things. Where I, at my age, I already learned that you're not going to find a whole package deal. Ever. That just doesn't exist. It doesn't. So you can't, you can't just go for looks. You can't, uh, you, can't, you can't also, you can't sacrifice looks either and just go, well, I only want a girl for her brains. Like, no, because then now you're not going to be sexually attracted to her. Right. And then you're going to be looking at someone else. Right. So you have to kind of balance a little bit of everything. You have to balance a little bit of class. You have to balance uh, a girl that's going to motivate you, a girl that's going to push you, uh, a girl that wants to make you a better person. Um, one that's not, that doesn't make you look bad, you know? One that, again... If you're running for president tomorrow, she's going to look good. Yeah. You know, she's not out fucking around with your friends or, you know, right. she's not out at a, a freaking nightclub. She's not fucking, you know, being a little hoe. Right. You know, don't lie to me. Even like, how, how, do, how would you think of, of you being in the, in the career you're in and, and you go online and you, you see them, you know, thirst trapping on Instagram? How do you look at that? I, I laugh at it. I laugh at all as day. That, as that being your woman, though, like, would you allow your woman to be out there? Fuck no. No, nah, dude. Trust me. You'll know when a real woman comes. The real women, they're not on social media. They're too busy. You know, they, they might have one, but they're not active on it. They're not there liking, they're not liking, you know, other dudes or your friends or fucking nightclubs and shit. No, they're they're out there looking. They probably just have it, just probably keep tabs on your ass. Right. But, um, <laughs> but uh, for, or, you know, or maybe it's not even about them. It's just like, oh, it's my travels. Oh, this is me. This, you don't even see pictures of them, the real ones anyways. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, or, or they're just very, it's very limited. It's, Big, big big red flags when you see a bunch of selfies of girls or just a lot of pictures of themselves. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's only four things you could do to be famous on, on Instagram. You know, just show your ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Play victim. Come yeah. on. Come <laughs> on. Yeah. Yeah. Play victim. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, you just have to be careful. It's just, it's so polluted. 
It's yeah. so it's so polluted, but there's so many good women out there as well. You just have to find them, and you know. So be patient. Take be your patient. Time. Take your time. And like, not a rush. And, and, and you should and, know you're the love connection. And so, yeah, there's a recent Sorry. advice I got. Some recent advice I've learned. You know, probably in the past year or two, you know, as I'm maturing and being more wiser, is you know, you have to work on yourself in order to attract that. Good teaching. Right, that's true. It's true. Because I can't be a fucking, I can't be a, uh, uh, I can't be a slob. I can't be, go be a loser. I can't. Uh, I'll be, be a party guy. Yeah, go be an asshole. Go, go, you know, go be a, go do the opposite of what I want, and then, and then be like, why am I not getting this woman? Right. You, you know, in order, track. Y- yep, you have to. I mean, everything's talking about high value, man. What what is that? You know, so I mean, so you basically need to know you need to have at least be valuable to a woman. You need to be valuable to a good woman. To a good woman. To a good woman. Yeah, because a good woman will read you out a mile away too. How we could read a bad woman? Same thing. You know, they'll, they'll know. They're like, okay, they'll know if you're a fuck boy. They 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 will know if you're here just here for 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 a good time, not a long time. Yeah. You know, they'll yeah. know. You know, they'll know. They'll, they'll, they'll read your bullshit, you know? They'll read your bullshit. The real ones will know right away. Just like how us men... I'm could, looking for them women that's f- for uh, a good time, not a long time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, those are easy. Those are a dime a dozen. Those are a dime a dozen, my boy. Ain't hard for me to... Yeah, yeah. No, the dime a dozen. They trying to marry me and shit. Uh, no, no. Those are the, oh, but those are the ones that want to marry you. Those are the ones that want your kid. You know? The, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, the, the, the diamond dozen ones, like, yeah. I want to keep trying to lock you down. Yeah. Forever. <laughs> yeah, but the, 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 the good chicks, they're the ones like, oh, you know, uh, you have to earn this pussy. Uh-uh, you have to wind and iron this pussy. You have to treat this pussy like a steak. You need to trimmer at this pussy. <laughs> yeah, okay? you like a nice prime rib. Like a filet mignon like bone in. Yeah, a mastro's. <laughs> okay? Uh, you have to earn that motherfucker. Okay? Okay, yeah, it ain't no, it ain't no, hey, what's up, let's get me drunk and buffalo wild wings and let's go back home. No, it's, those will those will make you wait. Right. Those will make you earn it. Um, that's some class. You might have to go through 10, 15 dates before you, you know, those, those, those are, are the keepers. Those are good ones. Those are good ones. Very yeah. rare, though. <laughs> Very rare. Yeah, those are the ones that, that you know, they, they have composure. Class, you could tell. You could tell. They just speak a different language. Mm-hmm. They smell different too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, that smells like good FICO score. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's that's the cool part about but it. All of them been through something, so they most of them are patient too. Sometimes. Yeah, and some of them, yeah, some of them just like I already been through so much bullshit. Like I could read you, you know. Right. Yeah, but you know, again, in time, we're all. Everybody is destined to be with somebody. Mm-hmm. Our partner is out there. You know, but again, work on yourself and that'll come. That's good. Yeah, because if you don't, don't then you ain't ready. Them. Don't chase them. Let them. Chase the money and let them chase you. That's true. You have to change yourself, you know? So if you're out, you know, with all the fuckery out there, then that's what you're going to get. So again, work on yourself. Bring your mindset. Be the best version of yourself. That's so you, everything. So you could provide that to that special someone when God says, okay, here you go. Everything. You ask for it, here you go. Yeah, that's everything, ladies and gentlemen. Well, how's over, Baz? Um, we had the Love Connection in here, Luis Vasquez. We appreciate you coming out. Oh, thank you guys for having me, man. It's been an honor. Hopefully, we'll get another segment going off oh, soon. You yeah. nailed it. Yeah, you we, know, we ain't done here. No, we, we, got, got, we got too much energy. We got to bring you on again. Yeah, brother. <laughs> I'm with it, brother. No, I'm with it. Yeah. We well, well, that being well, said, th- yeah, how's over, Baz? Thank you for coming out. Uh, we out. Thank you.